Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Caitlin Stein, a freelance producer, videographer, and editor who is passionate about the impact of media on society. Caitlin studied at Drexel University, where she has created some incredible projects, including a very personal documentary titled Homeless Chronicles. Caitlin even won a student production award at the 2019 Mid-Atlantic Emmys for another project she worked on. So she's currently building a video production business called KT Creative Media. She's here to tell us all about it. Caitlin, I'm so excited to jump right in. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is the (laughs) biggest honor of my life being here with you today. I love it. We're so excited to have you. So you studied at Drexel University in a media production program, and I've seen your portfolio, and I'm, I'm shocked at the differences in our college experiences in going to school for production. It seems like, you know, many of the guests I've had on the podcast and my own haven't had the most positive or fulfilling of experiences, and it sounds like your narrative is going to be a little bit of a different one. So I'd love for you to talk about your experience at Drexel, if you don't mind. Why'd you choose Drexel? Uh when we were visiting colleges, my mom and I, uh, I originally was going to do musical theater. Actually, I, I jumped around a lot between nursing, editing, musical theater. I don't think I'm good enough for that. But <laughs> uh, so I decided that Drexel, it was close enough to home that I could still go home. I was working uh, with my mom at the time and I applied for biology. Mm. And then the next day found my major that was entertainment and arts management and decided, nope, that's, that's way more what I want to do. It's more into the industry that I want to do, but safer than acting. Mm. Cause it's like oh, the absolutely. business side of it. And it wasn't just film. So entertainment and arts management, we had a business administration minor built into it. So mm. we were learning copyrights and all about law, how to market, yeah, so much. Wow. So I really did love going to Drexel. And I also think I needed it. I needed that little bridge. Because I know you can learn this stuff on your own. But the professors that I had, like two of my favorite were Michelle McHugh and Larry Epstein. Like they really helped me throughout my entire time at Drexel and still now as well. And I feel like if you don't go to school, you don't have those relationships. So I feel like that the access to these people really uh, enhance your college experience as well. And it really is what you make of it as well. I was lucky because Drexel gave us a lot of opportunities. Like I volunteered, sorry. There was an internship in Miami with NAPI, which is the National Association television and programming executives something like that but it was a huge conference (laughs) in Miami and I was selected to intern there for a week and it was really cool because there was an award ceremony and Rita Moreno was honored and I got to just see her and then I also got to meet Henry Winkler (laughs) so there's just and I was also doing a news piece there for the Drexel News called D News yeah. So also, yeah. Do you, okay. I'm all over the place, but this is kind of how my head goes. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I just, so- I really do love my school and I love the major that I found because it's so unique to Drexel as well. But D News really helped me learn production in general and introduced me to the world of documentary filmmaking too, because like news is just like a mini documentary in three minutes. And then, yeah. And then I got to go to the Emmys, which is really cool. That's so interesting. I feel like news is kind of the funnel that a lot of us get kind of ushered into when we go to school for media production because it's it's studio production that's easier in a lot of ways it's easier to kind of teach and guide you through a program instead of just kind of uh like narrative script writing and film like that's a different track typically you have to go to film school for that or what we know now is like DSLR filmmaking so news kind of makes sense for me 
Um, so you said that that was great because it kind of taught you documentary style filmmaking, which is what you ended up kind of running with for a while there. Is that correct? Yeah, I kind of just, everything I've done, I've just fallen into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't actually make the conscious decision to do this stuff for, I went into my news class. I've taken it like six times, I think, because you're allowed (laughs) to take it over and over. And I was like, "I, I love my teacher. She's the best. So the first day I went in there and she's like, why are you taking this class? Everyone's like, well, it was required. And I also said, well, I don't like the news. And I'm hoping that maybe this will make me appreciate it a little more. I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> so did it end up did it end up making you appreciate it more? I do appreciate a lot of the work that goes into it. I still don't like watching it, but that's mostly because I don't have the time to spend to sit there for an hour. I mean, I do because I watch a lot of TV. I just don't want to hear the news. There's so many bad things going on. It's a little depressing. Yeah, totally. Um, so tell me about the the Emmys, and you you yeah. won uh you won a, an award there. Tell me about that. So my teacher submitted a couple of our pieces to the Emmys, and I went to this nomination party thing, and I found out that I was nominated, which. That that's an achievement in itself, and I was like so excited. And then in that September, at the end of that September, I got to go to Pittsburgh for our regional Emmys, and I met so many students from across our like, well, the Mid Atlantic area. I don't even know what that mm-hmm. means, really. But <laughs> neither do I. Just... <laughs> the region, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like Drexel, Temple, and then whatever the Pittsburgh University is out there, University of Pitt probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I don't know, but I did meet a lot of students and it was really cool getting to meet them. And they were announcing the awards. It's a long night. I stayed for the whole thing because there was cookies at the end. So that was an incentive, (laughs) but (laughs) I digress. Uh, They called my category and someone else won. And I was like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. I saw their piece online before and... I was like, they're definitely going to win. Because it was full news style. It was perfectly what you would see on the news. And mine was more fun, I guess, documentary. I I did my... My piece (laughs) was about uh, Drexel's relationship with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And they had a class where our students would help the patients there write and produce their own little animated films and so it it was really cool and I got to interview some of those kids and unfortunately the one child that I did interview he passed away a little while later but he just he was so excited to see his film because they got to screen it for a bunch of people as well and it was really cool to see but anyway yeah so I was telling people that I didn't win and then all of a sudden, I hear my name being called. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I threw my phone and then I was just shaking. And so I had to go up there and accept the award. And it's actually right there. It doesn't, it's so not what, like a normal Emmy, but. Right. Like so you didn't step. win for the category you wanted to, but what did you win for? No, it was the category. There's two winners. Oh. <laughs> did you know that that was possible? You can have I didn't. multiple winners. And no winners in a category. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. There were many categories. I was up against six, well, five other people. There were six people Mm -hmm. in my category. So you you win this Emmy after, after, first of all, telling people, like, I didn't win. It's fine. Like, yeah. Whatever. It's over. Uh, so you win this. So what? Um, where did you kind of go from there? Because I'd imagine that winning a production award like that did wonders for your confidence. I mean, you knew that you had these awesome opportunities. You got to work with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. You were working with some awesome kids in a really awesome program. But did this, like, solidify your dreams of, of being in production at all? Or what did this Emmy do for you? You would think. My first yeah, thought was, was yeah. well, where do I go from here? <laughs> like, did I just peak? <laughs> right. So I was like, is, it, is, is this, this as good as it's going to get? It did help. I think it's really cool. I sometimes I forget about it and I have to remind myself, like, no, you've accomplished things. 
It's confidence is a little difficult for me. I have to say. Yeah. For all of us, honestly, <laughs> no matter who I talk to on this podcast, no matter how, you know, uh, robust their portfolio is or how confident they appear, their confidence is, is a tricky thing for all of us. So I totally get you on that. Your senior project. This was a documentary. I decided, well, let me go back to when I was younger and figure out what happened. There was so much that happened that I didn't understand because I was still a little kid and no one tells little kids anything. So what role did you play in that? Because I know it's your story. You technically starred in it, but did you, were you operating the cameras by yourself and just, uh, were you editing? What was your role? I did everything. Literally wow. everything. It was one of the hardest things that I've done. What would you say you learned from that project? I mean, on a on a production level, but also how did the process of of doing this project because that's a heavy weight to carry, like doing this project and knowing that it's like your senior thesis project, but also understanding that you're tapping into a story that's very personal to you. How did this entire process affect you and what did you learn from it? Um yeah, it was very difficult being so attached to it since it is my story. Yeah. I think I had to remove myself when I was planning and setting up stuff. I went back and interviewed a woman who kicked my mom and I out of our out of her house because we were living with her at the time. And wow. that caused us to be homeless for a second time. And so that day was terrifying because I haven't seen her since we left Minnesota Ugh. <laughs> and oh I'm still nervous around her but yeah it's very very nerve-wracking I had my mom throughout it and it's always been my whole life it's always been my mom and I so having her there with me most of the way really helped me out so she tried to calm me down when I when we were in Minnesota getting ready to shoot because I had to really focus on making sure the camera was set up, making sure the audio was there. And yeah. it's, and lighting. It's very difficult to be in front of the camera while you're like trying to look in the viewfinder and be like, put that there? No, slightly this way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I, I honestly can't imagine just do being in front of the camera and having to do the behind the camera part too. So, I mean, hats off to you for that. And I, um, I don't know if I watched it or if I watched the trailer. It's a few, this is a few months ago now, but um, it was, it was really impactful. And I, uh, did you come to like peace with anything during this process? Cause I mean, you were uncovering details and things that maybe you didn't really understand when you were a kid. Yeah. I, I had some mental health issues later and I'm mm -hmm. still battling them. Like so of much, everyone has their, Issues, <laughs> but I think it was interesting getting to go back to the shelter that we lived in and we were also kicked out of there after a week because my mom got social security. I think just to be able to see everything, because I went back to every single place I lived. I believe there's 21 places and wow. yeah, <laughs> and I think just getting to see everything now and not through some like warped like memory kind of because i obviously i don't remember everything and everything right. was kind of different now but also just getting answers and i talked to a uh home an expert for aces which is adverse childhood experiences and mm -hmm. they explained to me how these could affected me mentally and i think just getting some answers really helped I don't know, like kind of like make me relax a little more about it because I totally forgot I was homeless, to be honest. And I think it was just wow. there. And then, <laughs> yeah, like it's just part of my life. And then I just talked about it one day. I was like, oh, no, that's actually a bigger part of my life than I thought. And I actually had a, a mom reach out to me and be like, thank you for showing me what my kids went through and like how they were probably processing it. And That's so it powerful. just, yeah, like just even one person, it made me feel like everything was worth it. I would, yeah, 
I just wanted to show people that homelessness wasn't just the guy begging for money on the street and that you think is going to use it for drugs. Like, my mom went to a store and told a lady that we were homeless. Because, okay, well, that sounds bad, but she she talks to everybody. She gets their life story. They get our life story. That's right. just how she is. <laughs> She's so outgoing. But this lady actually ended up buying me a blanket and a pillow, and I cherish that thing so much because I learned the kindness of strangers. And my mom always raised me like that. Just always give your last dollar to somebody if they need it. So. Wow. It definitely showed me a lot of how strong my mom was, too, when I was younger. Because to go through all of that as a single mom and struggling, because she was also really sick, which is why we became homeless, because our house was foreclosed. And she couldn't work. Yeah. So a lot happened, and I'm glad that I have more, like, a sense of a timeline of everything that happened, where people's heads were at, and what they were thinking throughout it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you have more clarity, more understanding, more appreciation. I I totally understand that. So this, this was still all happening. Um, You did this project while you were in college. Did this documentary in particular, and possibly the project that you won the Emmy for, did this kind of inform the types of projects that you wanted your creative business to create? Did you kind of continue with that documentary style filmmaking beyond that? Yeah, actually. I think those two projects really showed me that I could do it, and they did give me more confidence. Because I never thought... I went into school thinking that I could never be a filmmaker that just seems so difficult to me Mm. but then I did a documentary completely by myself and people actually like really liked it and watched it and it was just it was insane to me and I actually was lucky enough to get a job during the pandemic in California at a fertility center where we were going to shoot a docuseries about infertility patients and their journey throughout the clinic and it was a very emotional topic lots of tears and but they saw that I could take like an emotional topic and be sincere with it and actually connect with people so I think that really helped me and that also helped me it's like I can connect with people I understand the struggles people go through and I there's so many people out there who just want the story like you know like reality shows and Mm -hmm. like twist people words I I know I'm like just just take your time and let's make sure that you're okay I yeah I'd rather you as a person be okay than break down from the camera and give like that type of content like just I want to make sure that people are comfortable when they shoot with me because if they're not comfortable, nothing you get is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's about like honoring their story. I think that not very many people that go into this type of work understand the vulnerability that the subject is experiencing. Not only might they have to kind of relive some really tragic or, or hard events in their life, they have to, you know, retell that, do that, do so in a way that's consumable from a media standpoint and then their story is out in the world for anyone to see forever so there's there's layers to it I think like for like your documentary what was that I feel like you don't really think about that your story is just out there because like after after I released my documentary I was just like huh people know so much about my life and I'm like I'm an open book so I talk about it yeah but like Mm -hmm. there's just all these strangers who know about my childhood, at least part of it. Right. And it's, just, it's really That doesn't weird. affect you in any way? No, I just don't think about it. No. I mean, I'm very open. Right. Like, if you ask me, like, oh, how was that? When was that? Or, like, just ask me anything. I will tell you. Right, right. I'm really open. I share way but too I'm, much. So I'm imagining that that not all of your the subjects that you interview have that same mentality. So how do, what is your approach for working with, with subjects that are too, um, or that are more reserved or less of an open book? Yeah. 
Uh, it's definitely harder. I try to connect mm. with them personally first, even if the camera's not rolling, or maybe I do roll it and then not tell them that it's rolling. Obviously, right. I would never use anything that's like makes them. No, I right. I would just like tastefully use stuff, but I like to actually just have a conversation with somebody because just actually listening to somebody speak and going off of what they're saying instead of having like your set questions, because you mm-hmm. might have a list of questions, but that's gonna go right out the window as soon as you get their first answer because you're just gonna go with what they're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, I f- also feel like the subject there has to be part of them actually wanting to speak about it because if they don't want to they're not going to and sometimes it is difficult to get answers and you might not get it and you might have to change halfway through and be like okay well we're not getting that so how can we get a story from them so there was actually a couple that I was interviewing and they didn't speak as uh, speak English as well as it was their second language I mean Mm -hmm. English is hard (laughs) So yes, if you're learning I, it as a second language, absolutely. I used more like B-roll of them instead. So like I, they were very comfortable in front of the camera and like showing instead of speaking. So mm. I just, yeah, I did more of a, a visual than verbal story for them. So I think it's just like really working me- and be working around them and being adaptive to each person. Yeah. Absolutely. Were you more of a, were you still a one woman show with this um, project, with the IVF project? Too? Yeah, I technically, I guess we had a producer who was the owner of the business, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, all my projects have really been solo. I am starting to work on a short film with my best friend. So that should be interesting because I've never done any narrative type stuff. Hmm. So... <laughs> But yeah, I definitely want to start working more with like a team because I've done so much by myself. So I know I can do that, but I need to work more with people because especially when you have more people, the creativity. Yeah, you can you you're limited when you're by yourself, right? Because you only yeah. have one brain. And sometimes it's harder if you have a bunch of people, but it could also be so much better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like I don't know, I think gaining the confidence to be able to do it on your own and knowing that I don't need any of these people to get this project done, but I benefit from working together as a team and working collaboratively. I think that's like the sweet spot for me, like uh, having that self-confidence, but then knowing that it's going to be even better if I if I incorporate some other people. So I like that. You also learn more because like, I'm working, yeah. since I'm working with my friend right now, um, we work well together. Like our creativity, like definitely contrasts each other. We're so mm-hmm. very different, but we do come together, and like we can, it makes sense somehow. That's just our friendship, though. I think, and right. <laughs> so it's really cool to see how she's thinking about things. And so you just you see other people and how they work, and then you can be like, okay, well that might actually work better for me when I do stuff. So that's another aspect of how it could be very beneficial to work on a team as well. Yeah. So tell me about this uh, this project with your best friend. And who is your best friend? Shout them out. Let's hear it. <laughs> My best friend is Carol Winston. Oh, she, she also likes to be called Carol. Just Another Carol. So, yeah, I met her <laughs> actually on that trip around the world. I was I was going with a group of 27 oh. other people and... They they were just for vacation, obviously. And I was just like, let's make right. vacation work. Like, no. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. So, yeah, I met her there. And she got this idea to create a short film, basically raising awareness about suicide, I guess. I just, that sounds so bad. But, um, no, suicide yeah. awareness. That's a very prevalent topic yeah Yeah, it's it was really rough I was talking to her and then we were just working through some stuff and she's like you know what do you want to help me with this and now we're just starting we're doing a lot of pre-production and hopefully it'll be released this time next year but wow so what has the process been like um 
Very odd. We have a time limit right now because she wants to film at the place she's currently living, but she has to move soon, so a little time crunch. Mm. Uh, but I think we're right. both going to be starring in it as well. So it's just going to be the two of us doing what I did with my documentary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we still have one other person here to yeah. help you. Yeah. The good thing is you'll have... Well, yeah. So she she's really good at camera angles and we see things so differently like I said like we'll watch tv and she's like that camera placement and I'm like that editing (laughs) so (laughs) you compliment each other though we really do um but yeah so she has some great ideas she's the lead on it I'm just more of a backup like I'll be like the editor and stuff She's just like, I want it to look like this. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure out how to do that for you. So yeah. she's more like the DP. So is this, yeah, yeah. Is this considered, I guess, a passion project, right? Because you're not, you're not getting yeah. paid for this, are you? No. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, do wish. you work, do you typically, right, find time to work on, on passion projects? Or are you mostly focused on your business right now? Or are you trying to kind of balance both? I think trying to balance both building the business is a lot more difficult. I mean, I knew it was going to be hard. I think just, it's just really hard to figure out how to get to where you need to be. I'm starting to think that maybe I should also look for another job while still trying to build it. Cause I thought like, Oh, I could just go home I was living in California and I decided, no, I need to be home. I need to be close to my family. And I was yeah. like, I'll just quit my full-time job and be like, and start it. I'll have a few months of savings. So to pad it, but it's not as quick as I thought in my head. Cause I'm always think big and just hope it works out. Right. doesn't always work out, but so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of struggle, especially with, um, mental health issues as well like depression has been sucking this past month so it's just like working through all of that and because of being homeless when I was younger I have I'm like terrified of not having money so like that's a whole another thing it's just a very scary time right now and I feel like people think they need to have exactly where they're going and I I still feel like that I mean I just turned 24 yesterday and I was like I feel like I should know what I'm doing now I should have like this job that I've been in for like at least a year and know exactly where I want to go and then my friend has to pull me back and be like you're 24 you don't have to have it all figured out and just because I'm not I don't have like a six-figure business right now yeah, I just have to make sure, make, make myself relax. Like, you'll get there, and I'll just have to see where the path takes me right now. Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, happy belated. I am also <laughs> 24, you. and I, I, of course, I understand the pressure um, that we feel at this age, even though if you look in the grand scheme of things, yes, we have we have our whole lives ahead of us, but in my opinion, and I don't know maybe if this is a warped sense of reality, the choices that you make now do help shape your future. Um, so I think, you know, for me, I try to have a balance of, of okay, try to put in the work now, do the work now to set yourself up for success, but also don't be afraid to make mistakes because you are still young. You can, you know, go down this road with your business and then pivot and be okay with going in another direction. You're still going to be fine at the end of the day. Um, so tell me what your. I, I also want to go back to the to the mental health and being a creative business owner thing, if you don't mind. No um, But first, tell me about why you launched your production company in the first place and when you started that venture. So I was thinking about it as I was in California. Uh, because I had a boss to answer to. It was very set types of projects. I didn't have much creative freedom, really. Um, Mm. I just wanted to create things that I was really excited about. And I was excited about the work, because I I actually learned so much about fertility. Oh, I know way too much about infertility. (laughs) Like, to the point where I see it on TV, and I'm like, yep, they did their research, that's good. 
that's <laughs> I know I know too much. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but I decided that I want to work from home. I want to be able to do what I want when I want. Yeah. I just like the freedom of having it of just doing whatever I want, I guess. I don't I like letting myself do whatever. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like I feel like a lot of people aren't satisfied with that answer. They think it's not a good enough reason to start a business, but being able to have the freedom and flexibility to make your own choices and do what you want and conduct your schedule and your day the way that you see fit is is something that I think we should all kind of strive for. I mean, that that level of freedom is is a dream. So I mean, because I because I hear some judgment when you say that to yourself, you're like, okay, I want to do whatever I want. Like you're saying it like it's this, this like taboo thing, but like, go for yeah, it. Yeah, well, my Honestly, grandmother I tells me that I should uh, work for a company all the time. So <laughs> why? Why is that, though? Um, She even tells me like, she's just like, the old-fashioned mindset you like you pay your dues in a company i'm like that's not this industry unfortunately <laughs> like just because right. you work so i don't think any industry is like that anymore because like yeah. doesn't matter how Many long you've been changing. somewhere you you get you might get fired right right and yeah so, so you decided that you wanted that freedom Mm-hmm. So what was the what were the steps like? Because I don't know that I've talked about that on this podcast yet. Um, and you're from you're from New Jersey, right? Because I, I live in Jersey, and I think we were planning to meet up at some point. Because I'm in North Jersey. Yeah, technically, I'm from. I Jersey. never know where to say I'm from. I'm gonna say that mm-hmm. I'm from Pennsylvania now, but I was born in South Jersey, and then through moving, I am in Pennsylvania again. I most of my life that I fully remember has been in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So. Got it. Well, you're in the you're in the tri-state area. So yeah. when you launched your business, I'm guessing you did so in PA then and not Jersey. Yes. Okay. Um, what was that process like? Because I know for in New Jersey, I just had to kind of, it was really simple. And it was so simple that I thought I didn't do it right. Like I just <laughs> went online and I registered as an LLC and I sent the check somewhere and then I was a registered business and that was that. <laughs> I think that's the same as here. I call it a business. It's mostly me working freelance with a name as of right exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to set up an LLC yet uh, until I like actually had clients coming in and knowing that it'll work out um, mm. because I just didn't see like the really need to. Okay. I can... So it's not like... Uh, legitimate business right now it's just more of a branding name for later down the road to become a full business yeah so what has your client acquisition been like do you have a current roster of clients that you're working with are you still in the the kind of seeking out phase yeah I'm still working on seeking out people I did reach out to a buffet in Rhode Island the Nordic is that right yeah you did do I, your I research. Your, I did, and I liked those videos, so I think you're headed in the right direction. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I reached out to them, and they were so excited about it, and they had me come out, and I offered to do a free video for them, and they actually were like, well, we want six of them, so how much do you want us to pay you? So they've been paying me since the very beginning. They still have projects that they want me to do, and it's really cool, and we got to eat there. That's awesome. It's amazing. That's, I feel like that's Perfect. the best part of filmmaking. No one talks about this. All the perks you get. Because you get to go behind the scenes of stuff. You get... Yeah, you just get to do stuff that other people don't do. One project in D News, I got to see Baby Skunk. And like, I know that doesn't what? sound interesting, but like, they're really cute. They're so cute. It sounds super interesting. I've yeah. never seen a Baby Skunk, so I can't imagine. Oh my gosh, cool they're that. so cute. I love animals. <laughs> so you... you are uh, are working with the nordic you're doing some videos so so you've have you i guess never had to do the free to fee method because this client is paying you right off the jump that was just lucky i did do another uh video for a client for free us yeah still working on it it's been it's been a slow start i feel like mm. it's not as qu- in my head i'm like oh it'll be happen really quickly you'll just make a bunch of stuff 
but then life gets in the way and yeah I think yeah. I'm going to start looking for something more that maybe is not that flexible right now but will help me build up while still having income because you need that and I'm lucky that I am at home with my mom again so I'm able to save money a little bit and not have yeah. to pay rent because who can afford housing anymore? Right. <laughs> I'm with you. I think I'm in a very privileged position because not only did I get hired right out of college, but I got hired in the middle of the pandemic at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, really. Um, and I've had my, my full-time job. And so I've been able to kind of not scale my business because it's just, it's just me. I don't plan to ever have employees. I really, I guess what you said about like, I don't really know where I'm going, where it's going. Um, I think I'm in that position because right now I'm a hundred percent content with having my full-time job and having the flexibility of working on projects that I want to work on, on the side or having some retainer clients to keep my business a business, um, and just kind of have some steady income coming in. But, um, yeah, as far as like, everyone always asks me the question, do you plan to go full time? And I think for me, the answer as of right now is no. I think I have a really good balance of of, of these two types of, of jobs, you know, my full-time gig in uh, working for a tech company in marketing, and then my, my production company on the side is like a side hustle. And I think uh, there's no right way to run a business. It's really whatever works for you. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't feel any shame in, in looking for something a little bit less flexible and I guess more, more stable while you try to build up your business. Cause you might find that that's the, that's the situation that works best for you. Yeah. I, in the, in the pandemic, I was so scared because I lost like three jobs at once in one week. Wow. And was, one wasn't even due to the pandemic, but <laughs> well, I guess it was kind of. But anyway, but still. I was just so worried about money and I actually did get the job in California. I had to move across the country, which is very difficult. And then yeah. when I decided to come back, I thought, well, am I making the worst mistake of my life? Because like, I have this full-time job right now making pretty good money, but I was just not that happy out there. And yeah. also, California's a great place to visit. I, I don't want to live there. Mm. <laughs> I know, mm. still. But... I decided that now would be the time if I want to try just to jump all right in to it and see what happens. I was only 23 at the time. So like now would be the time to take that risk. Yeah. And I mean, I learned, I learned stuff about myself. I built a computer on my own for it. Wow. It's great. I had to sit outside a micro center from 6 a.m. to get a GPU since the chip shortage. That was interesting. That wow. Was yeah. yeah, I, uh, more power to you. I just, I just bought a Mac. I, I couldn't do the build. It makes so much more sense to do the build, but I just, I couldn't do it. I don't think I'm capable of doing I that. I think, I got it in my head that I wanted to do it. And once I do that, like, I have to do it. So mm -hmm. I did it. And it looks pretty cool. <laughs> I also want to build a desk. But I mm. think I'm starting to let myself be okay with not doing that. Because my right. dad's like, right. it's going to be a lot more work than you think. I'm like, fine. I know I don't have any skills in that area. So yeah, maybe I won't. So, <laughs> so for your production company, um, there's a chance you might get, you know, a, a job on the on the side of that and kind of supplement that income with, with uh, more of a full-time gig that might be less flexible. But what kind of... What are your goals for your production company? Do you have a certain type of client or project that you want to be working on? Well, I want everything I do to actually mean something. I don't mm. want to do something that I, I'm not fully, my heart's not into it. I love being able to educate people. So part of my business, everything I make, I want to donate 5% to charity just because I know the importance of giving to other people because so many people wow. have given to me while I was growing up. So I want to be able to just give back and even if it's just small because at least it's something. But yeah, I want I want everything I do to either educate, inspire, 
would just make an impact on the world because that's media has so much power and these we're the ones who have this power to get our message out to people and yeah not every project will be like the most amazing like some is just for a business to get their name out but I guess that really is the passion projects to really raise awareness like the film that I'm going to do with my friend I just want to make an impact with what I do I love that. Educate, inspire, impact. I think that should be your company's like uh, slogan. I like the way that sounds. Um, yeah. So um, I, I, I really admire that. I think that uh, what you said about the fact that we have the power to tell these stories. Um, videography is something that everybody can do as far as they there are resources out there for people to learn it, but it's to really have the eye and to really care about telling the stories and capturing the stories, um, I think is a unique gift that not everybody has. So I think it's really awesome that, that we can do that. Um, so do you have any other exciting projects coming up that you're working on Hmm. that you want to plug? I don't think so. I think it's just that short film right now. I did, I, I just started doing newborn photography in a hospital, which was very interesting because I haven't done really photography before, and wow. they're tiny. I I couldn't even imagine. I've never held a newborn before I started that job. Yeah. But it's really cool. It's really fun. I like it. That's awesome. Are you so. branching out more into photography now for your business? Um. I Yeah, I do offer photography as well, and I found that I'm pretty good at it. So Mm. I just, I like being able to give uh, clients everything. Like I like to, I like to do it all. That's the, that's the theme of what I do. I want to do everything. And sometimes I try to do too much, but I just, I want to learn everything too. I want to learn how to do visual effects and like make things explode and stuff. (laughs) Hopefully you're not doing that with the newborn photography and the, no, Not but that could those be an themes. idea. Like... <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't give me ideas. <laughs> my brain <laughs> my brain's weird. All right, that's too funny. Um so you have a bunch of ways that you want to grow personally and for your business. And I think that that's one of the keys to really making sure you're continuing to kind of ignite that passion for for video and for your craft. But what I really want to touch on before we close up here is um being a creative business owner and struggling and battling mental illness. This is something that I spoke on the podcast um, a few episodes ago with um, my friend Daph Levy. And um, they were saying, uh, we, we just we just discussed that these, these issues feel like something that everybody encounters and goes through, but not very many people in the creative space are talking about it. I mean, all of my my favorite YouTubers that are filmmaking, you know, Peter McKinnon, all all the all the Peter McKinnons of the world. I don't know that they're they're really expressing that side of things, or if they really experience that. Um, but if you don't mind sharing with our audience and myself today, what has been your experience, kind of navigating not only like the pandemic, but just um, your mental health issues? How does that affect your ability to create? your desire, your motivation to create, and your your drive to run a business? Well, I have, like, extreme depression and anxiety since I was around 12, 13. And yeah. I don't always take my medicine every day, which doesn't help. But right. I think that's mostly the reason why the business isn't taking off right now is because I spent so much, especially this last month, of not feeling like I want to do anything or like I can't, like I don't have any motivation or confidence when I'm depressed. Because I'm just like, well, there's so many other better people out there. But if I don't just get out there and start creating, then I'll never become better because I'm just laying in bed all day. But it's just people think that you could just turn it off and be fine. Just like, just think, just think you're fine and you'll be fine. No, right. <laughs> I wish 
Have you ever tried not being anxious? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, Some days I'm like, oh, that worked. And then I realized, no, it's not. You're just, you're just covering it with a (laughs) bandaid. Yeah. No. Right. Right. Yeah. Depression's really awful. And it became like really bad this summer. So I think that's really, that really is one of the reasons I didn't get to do as much as I wanted. I didn't reach out to as many companies and I need to, I found that I really do need more stability to be able to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. reaching out to more people because right now I just have no clear path and it's just really terrifying for me. And like some people are probably excel like with all this free time to like do and create whatever they want to but for me it's just too much of an unknown and I've learned about myself that I'm terrified of the unknown so I'm glad I did this I just know that now it is not for me and that I need a little more stability especially since I spent so much of my life unstable like in all aspects of life yeah. That I need I need comfort in knowing that everything is okay. And yeah, I just I don't know, it's really difficult and it's really difficult to put into words how you're feeling. Yeah. I guess the one good thing about all of this is that I've had more time to work on myself. Like I started going to the gym a lot more and working on like awesome. health wise. But then the mental health it just it's not where yeah. it is. So I'm I'm reaching out and getting more help now and hoping to start therapy again because let's be real, we all need to be in therapy because Oh, we life's definitely crazy. all need to be in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing that. Um your and feelings are me. so valid. It's something that it's something that even though I have a stable job and even though I'm I'm doing okay with my business, it's still something that I that I experience because I find that uh, I'm always seeking that security, that sense of security and mm-hmm. stability. Um, and sometimes it's about kind of checking the facts and because you might feel unstable and you kind of have to check in with yourself like, okay, am I really unstable right now? Am I really unsafe? And then just, just checking in with yourself, um, I find really helps for me. Are there any strategies or things that have, that have helped you when you're having a depressive episode um, that have helped you overcome that and and got you to sit down with your computer and start an edit or start reaching out to clients was there anything that worked for you that you can share with us I think when I'm in like a really bad space so I there's sometimes where I just have to let myself feel it so sometimes I will put Mm -hmm. on something sad and just cry because I feel like that's really important because sometimes you just need to cry and let it out usually I make sure nobody's home so I'm alone but I also, my right. little dog, Brooklyn, um, she's a Yorkie, and she looks like this. <laughs> but uh, she is such a great emotional support animal. She just randomly knows when I'm about to have a panic attack, and she'll come and just comfort me. She'll lick me if, like, I'm freaking out. And sometimes, like, I can't handle that, so she'll just sit there. Or if I, because oh. like sometimes I do have, I'm going to be very open right now. Um, but like when I get panic attacks, like I'll scratch my arms and yeah. those are like really bad. And then if she sees me doing anything to myself, she'll start barking to get me to start focusing on her other than the thoughts in my head. And I don't know how that little wow. dog learned how to do this, Yeah, but she is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And she has saved my life so many times growing up that yeah she just means so much to me and she's getting so old and I don't want to think about it but (laughs) uh, but I also I love singing so sometimes I'll just put on music and I'll sing at the top of my lungs for like three hours my neighbors love me (laughs) I live in an apartment (laughs) but yeah so I'll do that and to be honest I can't I can't work when I'm like that I have to just and that's unfortunate because it, I've had many, many days like that. I might have one or two good days a week. Yeah. And the rest of the days I can't do anything. And yeah. right now I just have to take the time to take care of myself. Because if I don't take care of this now, 
it's just going to keep building up like it has been over the years. And, like, although I do have success, like, I did get the award and I have a documentary, that doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. if you don't feel it on the inside. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Because like, I 100% know what you mean. Like, yeah, it was great getting that award that day. That was also a terrifying day. But then you, the day goes on, you're like, well, was it a mistake? Like, my right. reaction right. All just, the self-doubt so, starts creeping back so in. So much self-doubt. And, yeah. yeah. So I don't know the answers, how to get over it. I'll let you know. Hopefully I know at some point, but... <laughs> Right. Yeah. We're, we're all a work in progress. Um, but I think I'm so glad you're getting the help that you need and you're really working on taking care of yourself first and just, yeah. just listening to yourself and being intuitive. Is there any part of you that is, well, let me share something about me first. So, um, I struggle with, with mental illness as well. It's something that I've always known about myself since I was diagnosed with a few mental illnesses in college um, I knew that I always needed, you know, help from disability services while I was in college. And then I knew getting a job that I would need some support. And what worked for me was finding a work from home job. I get to be completely in my own element. I could wear my pajamas all day if I wanted to. But working from home for me allows me to not have to face people face to face or put on a happy face all the time when I go into the office. Um, and not only is it great to not have to commute because my actual physical office is about an hour and a half away from my house. Oh, wow. So that would just be a dreadful drive a three hours every day. But um, just the the fact that I can uh, be my, my true self and sit in my raw emotions if I need to or turn off my Zoom camera if I need to. Or sometimes it's logging off in the middle of the day and, and doing some self-care. And, uh, and checking in with myself. I found that that's the most stable way for me. And I've just accepted about myself that I will always be a person who has to have a work from home job. I will never be able to to go into an office. So um, it's like, it's it's a process of, of getting to know ourselves and understanding things about ourselves and then just accepting it. I think I used to feel ashamed about about that. But it's, it's, uh, it's something that I... Uh, I'm confident that I know myself and I know that by making the decisions I make, like taking a work from home job, I'm taking care of myself. So I hope you get to find those same things too. I totally understand that. Like I, that's basically what I want. If I can just find a work from home job, I will be so happy because like, I know yeah. that that's what I need. Cause just getting to somewhere is very difficult some days. Yeah. Yeah. Even growing up, like in school, I would have 30 days absent a year at least because I just, it's so hard to get to places for me sometimes. But if I can just log on in the computer, like I would work so hard, but I just, yeah. Being home and especially having, I have this whole setup with a monitor and stuff. Like I'm fully capable of working from home. And I just wish people understood that. That's mostly, that's one of the biggest reasons why I left my last job as well. Because it was just, yeah. I, I know myself now, and I'm hoping that with the pandemic, there's more jobs that, like, stick with working from home, because really, then, like, yeah. businesses don't really need, like, huge office buildings anymore. Yeah, exactly. I have a quick question for you. Are you looking for, I mean, because maybe, you know, myself, if I hear of any jobs, and certainly if our listeners hear of any jobs, I'll reach <laughs> out to you, but yeah, is there any... Is there any particular type of job you're looking for? Are you looking to stay in the creative field as long as you can be virtual? Or are you looking um, to work with, uh, I, know, I know you've done, you know, a ton about fertility. Are you looking for like an administrative position with the fertility clinic? Like what, what's your goals as far as that's um, concerned? I'm mostly interested in staying with the creative and uh, hopefully, I, I loved, I do love creating. I also found myself always getting, um, just falling into like social media marketing. I don't know how I just mm. ended up doing that, but yeah, I did that. I'm gonna um, actually just decided that I'm gonna like start working more on learning more about digital marketing. Cause I feel like a lot of those jobs could really translate to working from home. So, and could also benefit videography because yeah, I do know some of that stuff cause Drexel, 100%. the education was so expansive that I did learn some of it, but I wouldn't go more into it because I don't totally know what a KPI is and like all of those analytics. I do like numbers, so that's the good thing. So I want to 
I'm gonna try and learn more stuff on my own and hopefully that'll help yeah. me but yeah sticking with like digital media and all of that because I do really like creating yeah that's awesome and I think you're right that goes hand in hand completely with with video because uh it's one of the things I'm trying to pivot my business towards because it's like okay you can gr- you can create this great content and you can hand it off to your client but if your client doesn't know how to leverage it in social media it's not going to matter because it's not going to yeah. be reaching the target audience that you want it to um so that's that's, and really that's a awesome. whole nother like income stream too because you're not only oh yeah so many businesses just create stuff but if you actually show them how to implement it that's way more valuable i mean yeah video is so valuable but you need to be able to use it properly because if you just put it on social media like it might just go nowhere but you need to learn how to do ads and the best way to target people and it it can be a lot it can be if you find any good programs for learning at that side of it please let me know because I, I uh, that's something I definitely want to look into too. All right, Caitlin, what is one thing about your story that you want the people listening to this podcast episode to remember? What's one takeaway? It's okay to not know where you're going. I think that's like the story of my life right now. Trying to be okay with just going with the flow. Like you'll get there, hopefully. I mean, I, I'm saying that as a hopeful, not knowing that. <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay not to have everything figured out because people seem like they have it figured out. And then you talk to them and they're like, oh, no, I'm just I'm drowning, too. But (laughs) it looks great on social media. Right. Yeah. Everything looks different from what you put out there because I use all my social media to promote. But and I do try to make some posts about like, oh, I'm struggling and like. This is how I'm, like, trying to get through stuff. So, like, not everything is just, like, oh, everything's going so well for me. Because, obviously, that's not the case. I And I share everything. But, yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay to not know where you're going. And it's okay to be not be okay some days. It's okay to take some days for yourself. You don't have to be constantly working 100 hours a week. Because yeah. I feel like that's what you hear a lot, too, when you're first starting out. Everyone's like, I work 24-7. Okay, good for you. I can't do that. Yeah. No, I will die. Yeah. I need to <laughs> make sure like... that I take time for myself. I need to watch TV every day, even though that also sometimes ruins my mental health. But like, <laughs> I love TV way too yeah. much. It's what makes me happy as well. So. Yeah. yeah. It's this this grind, grind, grind mentality that everybody has. It's like you got to go, go, go. But it's okay to just just pause and look out for yourself and take care of yourself yeah. first and foremost. The business will come. The likes on Instagram will come. All of this stuff and will come. And if it doesn't, if that's okay too because you'll find what's the best for you. Yes, definitely. Caitlin, where can the uh, viewers and listeners of this podcast find you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at Caitlin Stein, basically all of my social media is Caitlin Stein, and then also KT Creative Media. Yeah, on everything on YouTube as well. Awesome. Yeah. My final question for you, Caitlin, is how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker? If people want to support me, they can follow me on social media, and then also my film Homeless Chronicles is on Amazon to rent, but it's also I put it on YouTube for free. Because I want that message out there. I want people people to be able to see it and learn from it. So just check out check it out on YouTube, KT Creative Media, and, and you can also type in Homeless Chronicles and just share that with anybody you think may need to see it. And anybody can feel free to reach out to me too. I'm always willing to talk, no matter if it's about filmmaking, mental health, homelessness. I hope people can feel comfortable reaching out to me because I really do want to just help people. That's amazing. I think we definitely got that vibe from (laughs) today's podcast episode. Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I'm so glad we were able to make this work and have such an awesome discussion. It was amazing hearing your journey. And I think uh, what, what's really inspired me most about your story is your ability to kind of take care of yourself in a moment where it, uh, it may seem hard to do so. So I really, uh, uh, I'm proud of you for doing that, and it's very encouraging um, for all of us who are on our our own our own journeys ourselves. Thanks. 
it, you know what? Um, it's amazing how much just somebody somebody saying they're proud of you means. I think people need to say mm. that to each other more, because whenever yeah. somebody says they're proud of me, I'm like, oh, thank you, because that just gives <laughs> me hope. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, you've given us all hope today in this podcast. Thank you so much for being on, Caitlin. And as always, thank you all for watching and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.